1: with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. This week, my guest is Harry Gold. He's the founder and CEO of Overdrive Interactive, uh, and I'm going to uh, let Harry introduce himself. Welcome, Harry.
2: Uh, well, thank you very much, and it's a pleasure to be on your show.
1: Yeah, tell me a little bit about the company for our listeners here with you.
2: Sure. Well, Overdrive Interactive is a digital marketing firm based here in Boston, and uh, clearly we provide the full suite of um Digital services, uh, SEO, SEM, social media marketing, online media. And, of course, we're very focused on developing great landing pages and landing environments uh, that convert our users um, into leads uh, and customers.
1: Okay, well, I'm going to just kind of play devil's advocate here. I mean, you're a full-service digital agency. In my mind, that almost 100% equates with We want to spend the client's ad dollars and mark that up a bit, and that's how we make most of our money. Was that a a gross oversimplification? Is that a fair paintbrush to paint you with?
2: Well, of course, like any agency, we do like large media budgets, um, and we do take a percentage of that budget um, to drive our revenues. Um, But um, there are a lot of um, project-based fees that we apply, and and again, a lot of that is around the creative that powers our campaigns um, and brings about desired behavior. Um, so, of course, lots of microsites and landing pages and things like that.
1: Okay, so you'd say that you pay equal attention or more attention to the what happens once they get their part? Is-
2: uh, more. I mean, you know, certainly conversion is the magic bullet. Um, We are not an agency out doing a lot of branding campaigns. Most of our clients are very focused about bringing about some very measurable event. So whether it's filling out a form uh, to download a white paper or a trial download or um, filling out a form to uh, schedule a visit or a demo or even um, getting people to pick up the phone and call, Um, most of what we do is about driving very measurable actions
1: Okay, so you'd say, uh, and again, I think that because, you know, what's that joke? What gets measured gets done, or that saying. So, again, if you're looking at markup on ad budgets, that's what you do as a digital agency. But I hear you're kind of more of the unusual type that actually cares about client outcomes. So you have to do a lot of conversion rate optimization.
2: Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, we're very, our, our DNA is, um direct marketing, and if we don't bring about that desired result that feeds the sales funnel, uh, they're not going to spend a lot of money on media. So the two go hand in hand. Um, I can't tell you how often we go and take over, say, a paid search account, and and the first thing we do is fix the landing pages. Um, And it does two things. One, obviously, it increases their conversion rate, brings down their cost per lead. But second, it expands the universe of keywords that work. So if you go from a 2% conversion rate to a 4% conversion rate, suddenly you have more keywords that actually go into that performance bucket.
1: Okay. Well, let's talk about this along the lines. I mean, in my mind, they're all intertwined. Um, you know, where What stage is the customer in in terms of their search for solution to a particular problem? The content and content amplification, if you will, getting the word out that surrounds that. And then, of course the measurable outcomes once they return to your page. So let's maybe switch gears and focus on B2B, which tends to have longer sales cycles. So um, what does it mean to convert in that world when 60 70% of the experience is before they even contact you?
2: Sure. So we have a concept we call the brand embrace. And the brand embrace is really, okay, someone clicked on a keyword or a banner or... A tweet, whatever it is, they come into your environment. Um, obviously, if you can get them to fill out a form, that's great. Sometimes they're not ready to do that, so what can you do? You can set a cookie on their browser, and you can do remarketing, whatever you can do. So they've come into your brand embrace. Um, you follow them around with a banner or paid search ads on you know some set or channel, uh, some set of sites or some channel. Then they click and they finally fill out a form to download a white paper. Well, that doesn't mean they want to talk to you. So very often, those leads are then being put into a nurture cycle. So you might use something on the upper end like Eloqua Marketo or something on the lower end or the mid-end like Acton or the lower end like HubSpot or something like that. But either way, you're pulling people into your nurture funnel and okay, so I
1: think the key to that is to get, to get an email early on in the process. So sure. uh, what, what kind of uh, tactics do you recommend for getting that, that email on the front end?
2: Well, what I will tell you, tell you is a lot of people make the mistake, especially in B2B or tech B2B, of selling their product on their landing pages and not the action. And I know that sounds odd, but we have a saying. Tell tell me more. (laughs) Well, I mean we say sell the action, not the product. So a lot of people, they come in, they'll have a little white paper, and then they'll talk all about their product and its features and all that stuff. And that's not really selling the action that you want. Instead, feature the white paper, show the candy, show a cover like it's a thing, and then list how you will benefit from reading this white paper. So here are five reasons why you should download this white paper to understand the five trends of cloud security for 2015. Something like that. I mean, you know, but basically you're selling the action you want them to take.
1: Okay, and I heard you say two things. One is focus on the action and not pushing your bottom of the funnel, you know, pardon me, crap, you know, that you want them to buy. Right, and then the other thing is uh, focus on benefits rather than features. The benefits of of consuming the content or taking that micro conversion action.
2: Right, tell them what they're going to learn when they download this white paper.
1: And uh, do you, uh, you know, a lot of our clients are doing very sophisticated tracking. So when you do download a PDF or a white paper, they're actually embedding all of the information, kind of making a custom PDF for you on the fly that. So we know you came in off of this IP on this date with this browser environment variables. And when you come back two months later on the inbound link, we can pick all that information up because that's embedded in the white paper.
2: Sure. Well, well um, very often what you're doing is you are um, appending that lead data, so their name, their email address, all that stuff, with um, – a wide variety of information including the link they came in on so they might have come in on you know paid search keyword cloud security um so you set a cookie on their browser you attach that to their email um so when they come back you might show them a relevant offer on your home page and that will also influence their nurture campaign
1: okay but i uh, you, uh, you t- you've talked you mentioned cookies now a couple of times i just want to talk about that a little bit because it seems like they're becoming less effective. People are wiping them regularly or they have software that does that automatically. Uh, Also, that doesn't really help you track someone across multiple devices. What do you see as the situation for actually um, making a single identity out of all the different places that someone could potentially uh, touch you?
2: Well, uh, easier said than done. Um, Very few clients are literally closing the loop everywhere um, or unifying all their tracking. Um, What I can tell you is all of this tracking and all of this cookie setting and all of this stuff um, is directional. So, as long as some quantity of people are getting those drip campaign emails or getting those dynamically generated calls to action on your site based on their cookie and it's increasing your conversion rate it's working um, you know and, and, and yes people wipe out their cookies you're not going to track every single conversion but we're, we're using that data to make fact-based decisions. Is this working? Is this not working? Does landing page A work better than landing page B?
1: Okay, so what I hear you saying is, okay, yes, measurements all well and good, but there's always going to be some inaccuracies regardless of the methodology or what you're trying to track so um, that, that doesn't mean you give up on it that just means you use it like you say for directional are we doing the right thing kind of information and not uh, use it to you know, base your accounts or your cash bonus for your team on that
2: yeah it's not your accounting system it's your decision making tool am I investing my funds wisely is my creative convincing people to do what I want them to do or conversely is it not working and am I not spending my funds wisely so it you know there's a lot of very binary decisions you can make based on tracking data and there's a lot of information you can get off you know people's cookie data and append it to their record
1: all right well well let's let's explore that a little bit after the break we'll be back in 2 minutes after a word from our sponsors
3: As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at max speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google
2: to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs.
3: Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now.
0: Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash.
1: And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And today, my guest is Harry Gold, the founder and CEO of Overdrive Interactive in Boston. Uh, Harry, before the break, we were talking about uh, the the measurement aspect of campaigns. Now, one thing that um, you know, I get, I, I've spoken recently at Content Marketing World and Inbound and all these content marketing folks are saying, you know, content, more content, relevant content, creative content. But I'm asking a very simple question, which is, what's the ROI on content? Any thoughts? What's the ROI on social media sharing of content? Uh, tell tell us, tell us your experiences with that.
2: Um, well, one should not do content for the sake of cranking out content. Uh, <laughs> clearly, you know, um, you should have something um, to say. The other thing I'll say about content is. Um, some of the most effective pieces we've made um, are what I call lightweight content. So what do I mean by lightweight? Lightweight content, number one, is portable. Um, it can be a PDF, a graphic. You can print it on an 8.5 by 11 and bring it to a meeting or put it on your wall. Um, it's easy to email. It's easy to share. It's portable. So the key for your content to go viral is is to make it lightweight and portable. The other thing about lightweight content is that it was easy to make. It's not a twenty-page white paper. It doesn't take a day to read. It's not an ebook. Um, it's an infographic. It's a checklist. Um, it's ten things you need to think about when designing a landing page. So we try to make lightweight content. So one, if it doesn't work, it's not a big loss. But two, because people don't have a lot of time, it's quick to consume and easy to share. So that's one thing I'll say about um, developing content.
1: Okay. Well, what about the the, the measurement of it, measurement mm-hmm. of social media, of ROI, of, of social media once you put that content out there?
2: Yep. So at the end of the day, there's a couple ways to measure content. Uh, One is, for example, if you put an infographic out there, do a simple Google image search for your infographic and see if it's propagated its way through the web. Um, For example, we have something on our site. It's a social media map. It's like a big subway map of social media sites. The thing's been downloaded 50,000 times off of our site. Um, You do have to fill out a form to get it. So I can see when um, a blogger finds it, posts it to their site, links to the landing page, I get a whole bunch of downloads off of it so obviously um, you can look at your Google Analytics and see um, how often that content is being consumed off of your site you can look at the share buttons that you position under that infographic or piece of portable content and see how often it's being shared um, and at the end of the day you can look at all your form completes because you get a lot of junk and gobbledygook uh-huh. but you but Also, if I took the 50,000 people that downloaded that social media map, I probably got about 6,000 really good emails. A lot of those are influencers. And when we put out something like 50 ways to make Facebook friends and we email it out to those people, they act as the spark that help our future content go viral.
1: Okay, well, so what I hear you saying is that you really need to make sure that when you're distributing content that you um, have again a kind of a specific goal for what you want to happen with it. So, uh, and you can measure some of this—the kind of this, the viral spread of it, whether it's propagation through search engines or a number of retweets and stuff like that. But I, um, I think that you know one of the keys that we talked about earlier is, embedding tracking in the content itself so that you know it resulted in any return traffic to your site or you know any deeper level of engagement say so say okay um, the goal of this white paper was to get them to do the free trial well you know how many free trials that we actually have originate from that white paper so then then you get you can back into the value of the ultimate sale and then say okay we're getting actually people that download this white paper are worth $3.97 to us you know so there's a you can, you can actually do ROI calculations on it, right?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I didn't mention that. So, for example, in the social media map, Grand Central Station is Overdrive Interactive, my company. And obviously, we have a link on there with a tracking link, so I actually can tell how much traffic I'm getting from that PDF that's just floating all over the web. Most people read PDFs online. They don't print them. So, yeah, absolutely. I can't tell you how many clients we go into and – they don't have any live links in their PDFs. So that's a great point, that, that you should be putting calls to action with live links in your PDF. And, oh, by the way, you can append them with Google Analytics, uh, UTM codes, or DART codes, or whatever you're using. So, so absolutely, you can track traffic that you get back from your PDFs and any resulting actions from that traffic.
1: Yeah, and then uh, there's server-side PDF creators that will take your static PDF and then uh, slap other tracking information on it so that basically will create new links inside the PDF uh, that will give you more information when those people click through on those links.
2: Right, and that traffic uh, could funnel back to your site for months and even years.
1: Yeah, and it's good good to mention that because, like you say, the content isn't necessarily... You, can, you drop it and Mashable picks it up and all of a sudden you have the giant spike of traffic and then it goes away. What I've seen consistently is that if you have a good durable piece of content, half of it will be that initial spike, but half of it will come in over a much more extended period of time. So you have to to get the true ROI on any piece of content. You kind of have to age it and leave it out there for a while.
2: Uh, exactly. And the other good thing to do is when you, when you come up with a winner um, – Think of a way to make it repeatable. So, for example, again using the social media map, we update it once a year, and every time we put it out, it's like a whole new round um, of distribution and content. We have a search marketing map that we put out once a year. Mm-hmm. We have a you know another one which you know people love those those infographics with a bunch of logos on it. I call them confusograms. I don't know where yeah, I heard <laughs> that's that.
1: That's right. Yeah. Um, Ecosystem graphs is what I
2: call it. Yeah. But we have one where I just you know here's here's a great example. I went to Wikipedia and it had a whole list of all the Google acquisitions. Mm -hmm. So I just I just put all the logos and stuff on one categorized chart, sent it out. Bam! The thing went all over the place. So now every year we update it, the Google World infographic, and it goes out and it gets you know a good amount of pickup. So, so you know, your, your, your content ha- doesn't have to be these
1: massive things. things. Yeah, you know, it's funny because yeah. we have, like, I live in the San Diego area, and there's a University of San Diego, and there's an economics professor there. I uh, remember his name, Alan Jin, because every year he puts out the San Diego leading economic indicators I and mean, it's you know employment it's housing starts whatever and so it's always a newsworthy event you know uh, San Diego economic indicators are up San Diego indicators are down San Diego indicators are flat but whatever it is it's always a news event so if you can put together some kind of like you say index or repeatable thing that you update on a regular basis whether it's quarterly or annually I, yeah that it gives you kind of an automatic editorial calendar without too much work
2: Right, and then, and then what you want to do is create what we call a social story around that piece of content. So you don't just send out, you know, you don't just tweet it once and say, oh, check out our, you know, Google World infographic. You dissect it. You talk about the different sections. You, t- you take different views of it, a close-up view, uh, um, you know, the, the, the whole infographic. And you write 10 tweets, 10 posts, 10 LinkedIn posts, a blog right. post. You know, you you fluff it up. You don't. Yeah, just- so I,
1: I call that re- recycling. So you basically put it in every channel. I well, I, I remember uh, I did a webinar with Mike Volpe once from HubSpot, their VP of marketing, and uh, they turned that into the you know, uh, the SlideShare presentation, the video replay, an ebook, a Q, uh, an FAQ uh, in written form. Basically, it was the same event, the same piece of content, but however people want to can. Consume it and wherever they want to consume it, that's, that's what, uh, where you want to put it in front of them, right?
2: Right. We just put out 50 ways to make Facebook fans or, or to, you know, 50 ways to make friends on Facebook. Um, and every couple of days, we tweet and post on Facebook one of those ways. So, so you they, can drip,
1: do a drip campaign, you can put in different formats, uh, you can syndicate it to different outlets, right?
2: Exactly. You know,
1: well, good. So uh, after the break, our last break here, we're going to come back and talk about you being kind of a, a underwater, bottom-scurrying kind of bottom-dweller. I don't know what that's all about, but that's, like that. that's the word on the street. We'll be back in two minutes after a word from our sponsors.
0: More LPO, landing page optimization, in just a moment
3: Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com.
0: Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash.
1: And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization, continuing my conversation with uh, Harry Gold, the founder and CEO of Overdrive Interactive. Harry, scurrying around the ocean floor, what up?
2: So uh, up in Gloucester, Massachusetts, we call it uh, bug hunting. So uh, a couple times a year, I like to have everyone up there at uh, our family place in Gloucester and uh, I go scuba diving with a bunch of my friends, and we and we capture lobsters with our bare hands. Um,
1: okay. Now you know have, that they have nets and traps and stuff. You actually go to the bottom and just pick them up, scoop them up.
2: Scoop them right up, and then we have a huge <laughs> lobster fest. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's pretty cool. But, but let uh, me tell you, the water is freezing up there, so so you are covered head to toe in seven millimeter gear. Uh,
1: uh, my say- friend, now you know why I live in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, and you know what we go to the, in the winter time we go to vacation in mexico because of course san diego is too cold
2: right well the water on the west coast is pretty cold too
1: yeah i, I like it right around 82 degrees down in sayulita mexico that you, you walk in there's no adjustment period No, no neoprene
2: required yeah you jump in the water up here and it's like you get an instant head rush
1: <laughs> well you know i was uh I, I was born in Moscow, and people there in the Moscow River in the winter cut holes in the ice and jump in naked. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I think may, maybe being in cold places makes you a little crazy. You know, right. Anything, anything to cure the cabin fever. Right. Uh, so, a question for you. So, if you had um, kind of a, a, a tip uh, or a couple of tips for people that want to increase the ROI of their You know, content marketing and the social media distribution of it. What are things that they can do today, right now, that are actionable uh, that, that, you know, work across the board?
2: Okay, well, you know, a couple things. Uh, One of the big things that we're trying to do more is um, actually combine landing pages with social media. Um, I know that sounds obvious, but think about it. We're out there posting and tweeting and doing all this stuff. And I never hear people talking about landing pages with social. But you would never do paid search or online media or email marketing. Well, you might do email marketing. But you, you wouldn't do so many things online without having a complimentary landing page. Yet most of what we do in social has no landing page strategy. Now, I'm not saying every tweet needs to have a landing page. But I am saying that if you want to start to see conversions, if you want to start to turn people from Twitter followers or Facebook fans or even casual traffic that you get from social media into actually members of your database or leads, you do have to think about landing pages and couple that with your social media strategy. So one example would be instead of sending people to YouTube – Why don't you have a landing page where you can embed your YouTube video that you're talking about, link to it, and then have an offer next to it with a form?
1: So basically, think of every piece of social media you have. I mean, this goes both for the creation of the content and then the… Consumption of the content and the landing pages, you have to have a call to action, period. so you have to have one embedded in your content itself, and if it's to drive them to a page, there's got to be a, an ask there's got to be something like what was it that you said at the beginning? you know ask for the call to action Yeah
2: sell the action Sell the action you know, not the product, but but you know I'm not saying every single link you, you place into social media has to have a landing page. I'm just saying have some. I mean, well, again, Or
1: if you have a landing page, it should have a clear call to action that's thought through and dovetails with the what happens upstream.
2: Right. I mean, if you went I, – I guarantee you that if you walk up to your social media team and say, tell us our landing page strategy as it pertains to our social media program, you will get a bunch of blank stares.
1: No question.
2: And And that is how you can start to eke out some ROI – Out of your social media. I will tell you most companies don't have a very big social media budget. So they don't spend a lot of money on it. But they do spend a lot of time on it. Um, So they are starting to ask like, what am I getting out of this? So, So again, you have to weave in conversion events into your social media program. You don't have to hit people over the head with it. But... You do have to think about it and think. Okay, about- so
1: so basically, there's there's so if I can just sum this up, and unfortunately we're almost up on our time, uh, is there's three ways you can increase the ROI of your social media and content. You know, one of them. Uh, sounds like, first of all, you need to track it. I mean, you know, you were talking about the, whether your picture goes viral by looking at Google results. Whatever your metrics are, you have to, first of all, evaluate the reach or the virality of it. That's the very basic step, right? Then the next thing you have to do is to be able to measure downstream events, Right. And then the last thing you have to do is to be able to back that into an economic value of those downstream events so you can actually justify all of that social media and content creation. Does that sound like a good recap?
2: Yep, that does sound like a good recap. And I would just add one more thing is don't feel like you have to produce a million things a year. Think of a few key things that you can be experts in, things that you can own. Like the social media map or the San Diego leading economic indicators or our client Akamai. They do a quarterly state of the internet report with charts and graphs around video traffic and bandwidth and things like that. So you know, what is it that you can really own and syndicate?
1: Okay. Well, unfortunately, we're up on our time. I want to thank my guest, uh, Harry Gold, for being on the show. And uh, I want to remind everybody that the, you can still get the eight ninety seven rate on Conversion Conference, uh, our one big annual show coming up in Las Vegas next May. Uh, we're about to post our agenda, so check it out, conversionconference.com. And uh, loyal listeners, we'll see you on the flip side.